0: and to gather around God's Word for the first time in a brand new year. And so we're going to do that. I'm going to ask you to take your uh, Bibles out and get that ready. Also take out your bulletins. And on the back of your bulletin, it's blank for uh, a place for you to write down scriptures or notes. that uh, The Holy Spirit just kind of wants you to to know. And so there's a pen right in front of you, so you can grab that, and and that's available to you. And uh, we're beginning kind of a brand new season together today in God's Word. I heard it said uh, a while ago that it takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian. It takes a whole Bible to make the, a whole Christian. And so uh, as a pastor, I was praying, how do you preach the whole Bible? Because we want to preach God's Word every week, and we, we do. We preach God's Word every week. But how do you preach the whole Bible? Do you do, you do a series? Do you uh, go book by book through the Bible? How are we going to get through the, the whole? Bible. And so we're going to try something from now till the year 2020. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to call Guinness because this may be the world's longest sermon series ever. I don't know. We were calling it cover to cover and we're not going to go book by book through it. Instead, each week, we're going to read a passage from the Old Testament. We're going to read a Psalm together. We're going to read a passage from the New Testament, and then we're going to read a, a passage from the Gospels. And over the next three years together, we will have to verse the entire Bible. And we want to also make this a part of our lives, not just a weekend experience, but really a part of our lives. And so inside your bulletin, uh, there'll no longer be a, a Bible blog, because I've written over, I don't know how many years now, just something each week for our congregation, but instead... I'm now preparing study questions for the passages that we look at. And the reason I'm doing that is because I'd like you to take the passages, take the Bible, and study it. And you can do this as a private Bible study, or you can do it with your family. And the thing I love about this is that uh, Luke is uh, on a uh, trip to the DR for a mission trip. We're going to pray for him at the end of service. But when he gets back, he will be teaching the same passages to our children in the children's ministry that we're learning in here. So you could do this as a family Bible study. You can use these questions in your family. Or if you have a small group that you meet with, or you'd like to start a small group, and there's a group of guys, a group of gals, a group of couples, whatever, if you'd like to use this now, you can study God's Word together. And then also at the bottom, you'll notice next week's verses, because I want to let you know where we're headed. So if you want to come to church ready, that's, it's always good to come to church ready Uh, to receive God's Word, and and you can get a jump start by reading next week's verses in the bulletin. Another thing that I'm really excited about in this is that it's going to be new and different every week, and what you're going to notice is no matter where the verses come from, God's Word is alive, and it's powerful, and we need to let it penetrate our life. We need it to come into our ears, Do you know that reading the Bible, like having a personal Bible, a personal Bible study is actually something that's rather modern? Really only for the last 100, 200 years have people actually owned Bibles and and read out of them personally. Even after the, the beginning of the printing press, it took a while for people to get Bibles and have Bibles in their own language. And yet today we take that for granted. But for thousands of years, going back to God's people Israel, for thousands of years it was to be gathered together like we are today and hear the word of God proclaimed. See, there's something about God's word hitting our ears too, not just our eyes and going into our mind. There's something about getting in our ears and our minds and our hearts and working all together because for thousands of years, that's how God's people heard God's word. And so we're going to do something a little different. We're actually going to read these passages aloud for For all of us, and and, uh, I am thrilled that Carrie Cullinane uh, said she would be the very first reader on the very first Sunday, and that takes some guts right there, but I can't think of anybody better to do it. And if you would like to read God's Word over the next few years, why don't you let me know, and we uh, we would love to have you be a part of that. If you want to follow along in your Bible, she'll give you the passages. They'll also be on the screen. But let's together hear the Word of the Lord.
1: an Old Testament reading from the book of Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 5 in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of the God of God was hovering over the waters and God said let there be light and there was light God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was morning the first day. A reading from the book of Psalms, chapter 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The Lord, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. A New Testament reading from the book of Acts, chapter 9, 1 through 7. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road to the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, "Uh, No. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, Well, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, well, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, but he told the people to believe in the one coming after him, and that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. A reading from the Gospels, Mark 1, chapters, verses 1, 4 through 11. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message, after me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased.
0: Amen. Thank you, Carrie. Yeah, that:, uh, that, was, uh, that was beautiful, and, and uh, I nominate Carrie Reed all of our scriptures from here on out. That was seriously, that was like I thought I was watching the Academy Awards there. It was phenomenal. Oh my goodness, that was good. I feel like saying "Amen" and giving you the blessing. That was that was so, so. So good, and God's word is alive. The new year is uh, traditionally a time of new beginnings. It's the time where we make changes in our lives. It's a time we make resolutions. We say, okay, I'm going to stop these old bad habits, and that may be a resolution. Or I'm going to start this new good habit, and that may be a resolution. Or we may try to do some combination of the both. And as I was thinking about that this week and all the people that are going to make changes to their lives in the new year, I think it's the world's way of repenting. It's the world's way of saying, yeah, I got to turn my life around. It's not going the way that I I thought it should. So I'm going to try to get rid of the bad and try to put in the good. And I'm going to do this through willpower. And as strong as your will is, that'll tell you if you can accomplish it or most likely than not not accomplish what you want to do, but it's, it's the world's way of repenting. When we begin the Gospel of Mark that we just heard, John the Baptist appears in the wilderness preaching repentance. To repent literally means to turn around and go in a different direction. And so he's saying there's somebody coming. The Messiah is coming. The Lamb of God is coming. Jesus is coming. You need to repent. You need to get ready. You need to be baptized. And I want to make this statement as we begin. It'll be on the screen, but this is so important, that all of the Christian life is rooted in repentance. The whole of our Christian life is rooted in repentance. That's how it begins, right? We repent of our sins in the sinner's prayer. We are walking in one direction. We're walking our way. And then we turn and we, we follow Jesus. We go in a new direction. And really, that's the story of our life, isn't it? Not going our way, but going God's way. At the beginning, we confess our sins to God. God comes in and He forgives our sins. And then He gives us new life and a fresh start. But unlike a New Year's resolution, we can't do repentance on our own. It won't happen if we just tried to do it because we are scarred and stained and stuck in our sin without Jesus. It says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're not getting out of this. We've all sinned. When you look at Romans 6.23, it gets a little more intense because We hear that the wages of sin is death. So we've all done this, and so it's death. But that's not the end of the story, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now you can't do this on your own. You're not going to take care of your sin problem. You can try your hardest. You can make resolutions. You can try to do it, but let me tell you this, you can't earn it on your own. This is a gift, and it doesn't work without Repentance. And last week we talked about Jesus and that we need Jesus. We need Jesus in this dance of repentance. When John the Baptist shows up on the scene, God had been silent for 400 years. Between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, 400 years God had been silent. There had been no prophetic voice and people were aching to hear the voice of a prophet again. They had been conquered and reconquered by different nations and and they find themselves just so hungry to be delivered by God's voice. And so John the Baptist shows up and as we heard read today, he dresses like a prophet. He looks like a prophet. He sounds like a prophet and he is the prophet of God. And thousands of people hear the voice of God for the first time in so long that they come running and what does the voice of the prophet say? It says, repent, because the Lamb of God is on His way. Get baptized for your sin. He is, John is, the final Old Testament prophet saying the Messiah is coming. Jesus is coming. He is the last one. And so thousands, of, thousands come to hear and be baptized. And then Jesus shows up. And in the midst of this baptism, in the midst of this preaching of repentance, Jesus shows up and says, you need to baptize me. John hesitates because John thinks when the Messiah would come, the Messiah would baptize him, not the other way around. And and yet Jesus chooses to be baptized by John in this baptism of repentance. So the question is, why? Why did Jesus respond to the message of repentance? I mean, He was perfect, right? He didn't need this baptism. So why would Jesus do this? And this is so important, so listen to me. Jesus wanted to identify with you and with me. Jesus wanted to identify. He didn't need to repent of anything, but He wanted to identify with sinful humanity. So he tells John, this has to be done. This has to be done. This is why I came. It says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I mean, when you think about it, he had to become like us so that we can partake with him. And then in, in Christian baptism, as we heard in the book of Acts, when we we're baptized in the name of Jesus, something amazing happens. It says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, we therefore uh, we were therefore buried with Him through baptism in death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead uh, through the glory of the Father, that we too may live a new life. Okay, now look at that passage of Scripture. There we were buried with Him, so we're dead in our sins, we know that, we've all sinned, we're dead in our sins, so we're buried, we go under the water, and we're under the water, just as Jesus was dead, but He didn't stay dead, did He? No, He came up and out of the grave, and we come up out of the water with new life. And so Jesus identifies with us in our sin, and He becomes our sin on the cross, And then as He's risen from the dead, He has the victory over sin and the hell and grave. And we have this powerful resurrection. And so He says, what I want you to do is repent and be baptized because if I can identify with you, you can identify with me. What a crazy, amazing, wonderful trade we get to make with God. God says, tell you what, I'll become like you so you can become like me. Wow. He who knew no sin became sin. He identified with us so that we can identify with Him. We talked a lot last year about our identity in Christ, but I want to give you a passage of Scripture that we didn't look at, but this is so powerful. It comes from Colossians chapter 2. And this kind of sums up all that we've been talking about here. In Colossians chapter 2, beginning at verse 13, it says, When you were dead, again, that idea of being dead in our sins, in your sins and in the uncircumcision of the flesh... God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all your sins. How how many of your sins? All our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. This passage of Scripture tells us that God forgives all, All of our sins. And that He disarms the enemy. Listen to me. Satan cannot accuse you of any unforgiven sin. And how many of your sins have been forgiven? All your sins have been forgiven. So the devil has nothing to accuse you of. It's all been nailed to the cross. He can try to come against you. He can try to destroy, destroy you. But He will never ever win because Jesus won the ultimate victory. And as we, he's, He identified with us, we identify with Him. It says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. That we are joint heirs with Jesus. That what is Jesus is ours. We, believe, we receive God's blessing, His power, His love. When you identify with Christ, you walk in this new life. You walk as a new creation. Christ in you. The Holy Spirit at work inside of us, making us new. I don't know if you notice this, but in each of the verses that we read, God's voice is present. When you look at Genesis chapter 1, God spoke creation into existence. Let there be light. The powerful voice of God. And then over and over again, if you reread Psalm 29, the powerful voice of God that speaks through the lightning and the thunder. This powerful voice of God today declares you a new creation. That powerful voice speaks over your life that you are God's son, that you are God's daughter, and he loves you, and he smiles every time he looks at you. And just as Jesus heard the voice of God, if we are joint heirs with him, we hear the voice of God. And let me tell you today, the voice of God speaks over all of our lives. I love you. I love you. I love you. It all begins with repentance. That's where it starts. It starts, we're going our way, but I want to turn and I want to go His way. And yes, in the prayer at the beginning, but every day saying, God, I need you. I want to go your way. It begins with the sinner's prayer. And I love 1 John 1, 1.9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. I love that. Purify us from all unrighteousness. How much all unrighteousness. If you come to God and repent, confess your sins to Him, I declare on God's Word this morning that you are forgiven. You are forgiven all your sins. And that is good news when God comes in and and we repent and we go his way and we follow him, he forgives. And he speaks over our our life with that powerful voice. You are my son. You are my daughter, whom I'm well pleased. I smile every time I look at you. When you think about that part of the story that we heard read to us, that that the voice of the Father in heaven comes down on Jesus, it's just such a beautiful moment. And could you imagine, you just hear that voice from heaven? You're my son. You're my daughter. I love you. I'm well pleased with you. Just imagine hearing that voice. And, and what I want to point out is that this is at the very beginning of the gospel. This is right at the very beginning. And so Jesus hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't started his ministry. He hasn't preached one sermon. He, he hasn't healed one person yet. This is at the very beginning. Jesus hadn't done anything yet yet. And yet God says, I love you. I'm pleased with you. You know, what's what's there to be pleased with? I, I haven't done anything yet. No, I love you. And I'm pleased with you. Before you do anything. And then we see Jesus go out and live the most powerful life that's ever been lived on this earth. And what I love about it is that Jesus was sent out with the love and the blessing of the Father. That Jesus was sent out into His life and into His ministry with the love and the blessing of the Father. And so here we come to the Word of the Lord for each one of us. For us who have gathered together this morning. For His church, but not just His church. For each one of us. You are being sent out in a brand new year with His love and with His blessing. He is with you. And He is shouting in the powerful voice that created heaven and earth I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I smile every time I look at you. Before you do anything this year, before any of the good things, any of the bad things happen, I'm sending you out with my love and with my blessing. And as we go out, we go out as Jesus went out. And Jesus went out and changed lives and changed the world and touched everyone that He came in contact with. And now we go out into our world to to love Him and to love those we come in contact with and to, to share that blessing with the world. But you don't do it on your own. You can't do it on your own. We need Jesus. Every day, we need to turn to Him. Come to Him. To turn around and make that exchange. Our life for the life that He will give us. To make the exchange as He identified with us, we identify with Him and come together and hear his voice. I'm gonna invite Mark to come down. Mark's my youngest son. He's 14 years old and when we get done with church, he and I will jump in a car and we're gonna go to uh, his basketball game in uh, Crystal Lake, right? That's where it's at? I hope you know how to get there, because so (laughs) we're gonna go to a basketball game. Did you get taller last night? Man, I'm telling you what, that's crazy. All right. So, um, so we're gonna go to a basketball game and, and I, I, I cheer at basketball games. I, I get loud, as, as any of my boys will tell you, at a basketball game and, um, and I love Mark. And, and I love Mark, oh, thank you, yeah. All fathers, you should love your sons anyway. But, but I love Mark. And I'm pleased with him. And I'm going to love him no matter how he plays in that game. And every time uh, I see him, I smile because that's my son. I know there's like 20 other kids on the team, but I don't care about those 20. This is my son. He comes out of the game. My phone comes out because it's like I don't have anything to watch. I don't really know. But I love him. I love him. I think I think of Matthew who's, uh, who's been sick and so his basketball season is, is kind of on pause for a while, but do I love him any less because he's not performing or he's sick or, or no, I, I, I love my boys. You are my son, I love you, I'm well pleased with you, I smile every time I look at you. And so that's, but, and, and then the Bible says, if I'm who is an earthly imperfect father and I'm imperfect in a lot of ways, if, if I know how to love my children, how much more does he know how to love you? And the world may tell you, or you may feel different ways about yourself, but let me tell you, you are a son and a daughter of God. That is your identity. He became like us, so we might become like Him. We are co-heirs with Jesus. When when the Father looks at you, it's like Him looking at the Son. And and I want to tell you that He's proud of you. You may say, well, I I didn't get in the game this year. He's proud of you. He smiles every time He he looks at you. He loves you. Thank you, Mark, so much. And I want you to know that today. That was a big deal, because he probably didn't want to come down front. But I just want... It's just... That's life, man, and, and, and I'm going to enjoy, to be honest with you, I'm probably going to enjoy the, the ride in the car more. It's a long drive, but we'll probably grab something to eat on the way or on the way back or something, and, and it's just time together. That's what God wants this year. He wants time with his sons and with his daughters, and you're going to be sent out to play in the game this year, and let me tell you, whether you do great or you don't do that good, God still loves you. He's well pleased with you. He smiles every time he looks at you, but no, you're being sent out into a brand new year with his love and his blessing. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me today? Thank you, God, for your word. May it find good ground in our heart. God, you are so powerful. You created the heavens and the earth with your voice. The thunder and lightning shout with your voice. And Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice. That we are your sons and your daughters. That you love us. And you love us perfectly. Maybe we didn't have a dad who loved us. But you love us. You smile on us. And we want to know you, God. In this quiet moment of prayer, on the very first Sunday of a brand new year, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer of commitment. There may be those of us that are in church today because it is the first Sunday of a brand new year and you made a resolution to be in church And I think that's great. But the Christian life begins with repentance. It begins with turning around, not going your way, going his way. Our way, (laughs) it's full of mistakes, full of sin. But we turn and we begin to walk his way. And we can do that because he came to this earth and he died on a cross for our sin. And our sins are forgiven and he is raised from the dead and he is alive and powerful. And now you get to partake in that abundant life that he offers. And so if you want to make that commitment to Jesus, if you want to repent and turn around and be forgiven of all your sin, I want you to pray this prayer. And I want all of us to pray this prayer as a commitment to the Lord this year. But would you repeat this prayer after me? Dear Lord Jesus, Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer for the first time. You made the best decision of your life. You are brand new. All of your sins are forgiven. You have turned from one life and you're walking in a new life. And up on each side of the altar up here are are little bags. They have a Bible in there. It explains what it means to follow Jesus. And uh, we want you to keep coming back to church, keep hearing His word, keep walking with Jesus. You've turned and you got a new life ahead of you. And uh, so, congratulations. And for those of us that have walked with the Lord for many years, I want to say you are loved. And God loves you. He, he's sending you out in a brand new year with his blessing. And we're going to receive the blessing of the Lord in just a moment before we go. But we do.